This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here for another episode of Strong Side Fridays. Joining me as always is Raheem Palmer, getting you ready for some week eight NFL action. Raheem, how are you feeling as we near the season midpoint? I feel good. I mean, the, the, the season is, is very, very interesting. The public is continuing to dominate. One of the biggest stats that I read this week that's just so interesting to me is that there hasn't been a seven-point underdog that's won all season, which is just strange when it comes to the NFL because this is a league with parity. So this is a really exciting year. I know the public is cleaning it up, so if the public's making money, I'm happy for them. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're happy. The public are listeners, so we're happy that y'all are making some money. We hope that we're making you some money as well. Make sure to download the app and follow Raheem and me and our, our uh, colleagues there. Get the notifications on. You get our live bets and our bets during the week when we're hitting these hot read and look ahead lines. You can also follow Raheem and my NBA coverage there as the season gets going as well. As always, Odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. All right, let's get right down to business and make some week eight picks. Raheem, who do you like first? Okay, normally we go with the fade the public segment. This week, we're not going to do that, even though I do think I could see the Tennessee Titans being one of those, those public teams. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. I think it's up to minus one and a half now. The look ahead line on this game was two and a half. Look, the Titans are coming off the two biggest wins of the season. It's the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a great spot to sell high on this team. Titans held Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are just three points. But I think that said more about the Chiefs than it said about the Titans. This is a defensive unit that's just 22nd in defensive efficiency, 21st in EPA per play. Look, Carson Wentz has been – he's been great, like, over the last month. After missing the preseason with the ankle injury and COVID-19, He's playing on the same level right now that he did almost in, in, in his 2017-2018. Over the last month, he's third in EPA per play with only Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford ranking higher. And that includes a Sunday night game and a monsoon in San Francisco where he completed 17-26 to passes for 150 yards, two touchdowns. He found his way to help his team win in an ugly, ugly game. And you look at the Titans, they're thin at cornerback, they're banged up. And I think we're going to get a solid game through the air from Carson Wentz. But he doesn't even have to do it by himself because Jonathan Taylor is playing some good football. And they're playing against the Titans defense, which is 25th in EPA for play, 29th in rushing success rate. You look at safety, Amani Hooker and outside linebacker Bud Dupree. They've been missing practice this week. So I think this banged up Titans defense is in trouble. Obviously, the Titans have been having some problems on the offensive line, too. This feels like a great spot for the Colts. I'm backing them. Minus one and a half at this point. I took some plus one and a half. I took some money line earlier. So you want to jump on this before it gets with field goal. Yeah, the Colts run defense has been awesome all season. They're number two in DVOA on run defense. So obviously that's the place you want to start against Derrick Henry. Overall EPA, they've been top five passing and run defense over the last month or so. 
And Indianapolis is actually has dominated Tennessee in, in this matchup over the last like 12 years or so. Uh, they've won 20 of the last 26 games. So Titans got the win earlier this year. This is a huge spot for the Colts. They need to get this one to not really fall almost entirely out of the division race. What do you think about the Colts around plus 400 to win the division? If you're playing Indianapolis here, are you going to sprinkle the division too? Oh, I absolutely love it. I think this is the perfect spot to play Indianapolis to win a division because I think this is a game that can swing the division. If they win this game, they're going to move within one game of the Titans. And obviously both of these teams have some divisional games left and the Titans are banged up. Like they, they sent their whole cornerback and secondary to the hospital. Somehow the Chiefs couldn't take advantage of it, but I think other teams will. So I really like the Colts. They're playing great football. I'm still not that high on the Titans despite those back-to-back wins. Like even when you look at that win against the Buffalo Bills, the Bills probably should have won that game. So I, I'm, I'm rolling with the Colts to win this division. All right. Uh, up next is our upset special. That is my favorite Moneyline underdog of the week. Six of seven on the season now. The Colts came through for me on Sunday night with another win. This week, I am going with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. They are on the road in Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Patriots are five, five and a half point underdogs, depending on where you're looking. The money line's coming off around plus 190. I think that this is a very mispriced line. I think these teams are actually pretty even. The Chargers are at home, but we know that that's not a big home field advantage. We know there's going to be a lot of New England fans at that game, so that should even out whatever there is there. By DVOA, the Patriots are actually the better team in this one. New England is 13th. The Chargers are only 17th. I think this team, you know, they've been kind of a darling. You and I have talked a lot about them. The Chargers are have been very good. They've had their high moments, but they've had some low moments as well. They're coming off a bye week, but before that, really getting dominated by the Ravens. And to me, what I like about this matchup is that the Chargers have two huge weak spots. And we know from all we've seen with Belichick, he sees a weak spot and just keeps attacking it over and over again until the opponent proves they can stop it. Now, one of those weak spots is special teams. You can only attack that so often, but I do think New England will have a huge advantage in special teams. Chargers still are just historically awful. They refuse to fix that in the last few years. The bigger problem, the Chargers run defense, or they are absolutely dead last in run defense. We've seen teams run up the ball on them. The whole thing with Brand Staley's defense is drop those two safeties, take away the deep play, force the opponent to check down and hand it off and beat you that way. That is literally all Belichick wants to do with Mac Jones and this team. I think Damian Harris is going to have a really big game. I'll be looking to play some of his prop overs. And I just think that Harris is going to run the ball. Belichick's going to run the ball. And they're going to say, you know what? Off tackle again, run it again, run it again. We just ran it for five yards. Stop us. Or we're going to run it again. We've seen Belichick do that. Literally run the exact same play. Just know how to look it up the line and run it again. I think they could have run like 30, 40 times in this game. And as good as Justin Herbert has been this year too, Mac Jones actually has been pretty solid over the last month. Mac Jones is third in the entire NFL in completion percentage over expectation. Justin Herbert is second to last in that stat ahead of only Sam Darnold, which pretty much just means he's last because I don't think Darnold even counts anymore. So I just think the Chargers are being a little overvalued here. This line is way off to me. I think that this should be a field goal at most. So I like New England here. Belichick loves being an underdog. And so I think the Patriots can win this outright. Mm, This one's tough for me. 
like this is a really, really, really big revenge spot for Justin Herbert. Last year, the Patriots beat, they pitched the shutout. They beat this team 45-0. And now, obviously, you got a brand new coaching staff with Brandon Staley. You got an overall better team. And I think the Patriots are a little worse than they were last year. To me, the Patriots, they probably, have, they're probably one of the most overrated teams in football right now. Like, really? when you, yeah, like, I mean, when you really look at the Patriots, they have three wins. Two of them came against the Jets and one of them came against the Houston Texans. And the Patriots have only played two road games this year just because of their scheduling court. You look at the Patriots, the plus seven in turnovers against the Jets and minus seven against everybody else. The Patriots have played the 22nd ranked schedule of opposing defenses this year. So it's just like I'm not that high on this offense. And then one thing you want to look at, it with, at least with the Chargers, is that they welcome the return of linebacker Drew Tranquil. They, they bring back defensive tackle Justin Jones and they bring back Nasir Adderley. So like Tranquil is the number ninth is the ninth ranked linebacker, according to pro football focus. And Jones should be big and and slowing down the run, which the Chargers struggle with. And then when you look at the Patriots' offense, they're just 23rd in offensive efficiency, 23rd against the run, 23rd against the pass. And I think this team's going to have to really put up some points in order to challenge Justin Herbert in his offense. And then I've read something really interesting. Warren Sharp actually posted an article um, with Brandon Staley. He was talking about how the Chargers, they're trying to emerge from the bye and looking to improve on their early down efficiency. And a lot of that comes with being less conservative and maximizing their play, their playmakers. Obviously, they have Keenan Allen. They have Mike Williams. I think we're going to see a team that's just not as conservative on first down. And when I read that, like that, that kind of got me excited because we all know that the Chargers have been winning by smoke and mirrors and getting by on third and fourth down. And if they can improve their early down success rate, I think the sky's the limit for this team. And, I, you know, with them coming off a bye, them, the defense getting healthier, I like this spot for the Chargers. Like, this Patriots team has Sean Wade. McCourty's banged up. Wade's banged up. Gilmore's long, no longer on this team. So how are they going to stop Mike Williams and Keenan Allen? I, I just like the spot for the Chargers, but I do understand it from a numbers perspective, taking the Patriots, but I, I, I I'm not with you on this one. No, that's interesting. Yeah, I actually think New England is one of the more underrated teams right now. I know that their three wins have not come against impressive teams, but they almost beat the Bucs. It took a last-minute field goal drive by the legend Tom Brady. They almost beat the Cowboys. It went to overtime. New England actually could pretty easily be 5-2, and two, even 6-1 and one right now. The only game that New England hasn't competed in was against the Saints, and that was the one when Mac Jones threw a pick six and essentially a second pick six, and they lost by 15. So that was the difference. So I just think Belichick thrives in this spot as an underdog. This is a sort of team, you know, even early last year before Cam Newton went into COVID protocol, it was again shaping up like, okay, hey, maybe these Patriots are going to kind of hang around. They know how to hang in on defense. Uh, If Herbert is going to take that step forward and start producing on early downs and then keep up the third down magic, I just don't think the Belichick defense is the place that that trend is going to start. So we will see how this one turns out. We're we're head to head on this one. Let's go next to tease me, please me. And Raheem, who do you like in your teaser this week? I'm going to like this. This is a very, very, very ugly teaser. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers plus nine 
and the Washington football team plus nine. We're going to tease them both up. They're both at plus three. We're going to tease them up. When you look at the Carolina Panthers, I actually like the Carolina Panthers plus the three, but you giving me nine with this team. It's, it's, it's a great spot. The Atlanta Falcons, they won three out of the last four games, but they've come against the Giants, the, the Jets, the Dolphins. These defenses are 23rd, 27th, and 28th in EPA per play. They don't have dominant pass rush. And you look at this Falcons offensive line, they're 24th in ESPN's pass block win rate. And they're facing the Panthers defense, which is fourth in pass block win rate. So we all know Matt Ryan is a statue. And I think the Panthers should be able to cause some problems for Matt Ryan. Defensively, we all know the Falcons, they can't stop a nose. They're 30th in scoring defense, allowing 29.3 points per game, 25th in EPA per play, 31st in success rate. And they're 31st in dropback success rate as well. And they're dealing with injuries to cornerbacks, A.J. Terrell, Fabian um, Morale, um, safety Eric Harris. They all left Sunday's game with injuries against the Dolphins. And you already have Isaiah Oliver out for the season. So this secondary is banged up. And if there's one spot in which Sam Darnold can, can, can cause some problems, I think it's this one. So give me the nine with the Panthers. And then when I look at the Washington football team catching nine, First things first you want to look at when it comes to actually teasing this up from three to nine is that this total is only 44. So at 44, those nine points are extremely valuable. And look at the Washington football team last week. They had drives against the Green Bay Packers. They ended at the 23, 27, 1, 3, and 12. And they scored points on none of them. They outgained the Packers in yards, passing, passing yards, rushing yards, first downs, yards per play, and lost the game basically by going off 0 for 4 in the red zone. They had two turnovers. This Broncos defense is a complete mess. D. Ernest Johnson, third string running back for the, for the Browns, he had rushed for 146 yards. I mean, they sent their whole linebacker core to the, to the hospital. Like, they're just completely banged up. They're signing guys off the street. So I think Washington's going to be able to score some points. Like, this Broncos defense, I, I can't stress this enough. They're 29th in EPA per play, 26th in success rate, 24th in dropback success rate, 23rd in rushing success rate over the past four weeks. So that means after they beat the Jaguars, the Giants, they've pretty much been – they've had a defense that's just as bad as the Kansas City Chiefs. And no one realizes it because Vic Fangio is their their head coach. And obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is struggling. So Washington football team plus nine, I think it's a, it's a good pick. So what's interesting to me on this teaser, it, it's a gross teaser. These are some rough teams, like you said. <laughs> but what's interesting to me here is you've got two teams. You've got the Broncos and the Panthers. Both started 3-0. Both had these incredible defenses that we now realize were boosted by playing nobody in the first three weeks. Both of them had quarterbacks that we didn't really trust that started out really well and then completely fell off a cliff. But you're backing one of these teams and you're fading hard on the other one. I agree with what you said about Denver. I actually really like Atlanta here. So I'm curious. I'll make the case for Atlanta in a second. But why? what are you seeing that's different about Carolina versus Denver and not just the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other? I think the big thing with Atlanta is they're banged up in the secondary. So they were already a bad defense. And then when you, when you take out A.J. Terrell, when you take out Morale, you take out Eric Harris, you're even in a worse position. So I think if you give me nine points with them, I think I just think you're in a solid position. And you look at the Falcons, they, they probably should have lost last week. Like the, this Falcons team will keep you in a game. And you look at the, the game against the Jets. The Jets were, they were a stop away from covering that game because the, 
I think the Falcons went up about 20 to nothing. And then the, the Jets came rolling, rolling back to actually be covering the game with three minutes to go. And I think if they get a stop, they're going to cover that three and a half. So I think there's going to be opportunities for the Panthers to be able to cover this game and possibly win this game outright just based on how, how bad the defense is. And I, I still think the Panthers are going to be able to generate a pass rush that some of these other teams that they beat weren't able to do, like the Dolphins and the, and the Giants and Jets weren't able to generate that pass rush. But I think if there's one thing the Panthers can do is they can generate a pass rush. I think the, the biggest issue the Panthers have had in recent recent weeks was that their corners went down in the same way that the, the, the Falcons went down. So you see the Panthers, they're playing the Vikings. They have nothing for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So I, I just think three points with the Falcons is a lot. And you tease it up to nine. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good value. Yeah. I understand with the teaser, especially with Atlanta's defense being so leaky. I, I, I can see the teaser a little better. Actually, mm-hmm. when my article came out this week for, for my picks for every game, Atlanta was two and a half point favorite then. And it was one of my favorite picks on the board. So I like them a little less at minus three, just because you lose the hook there. That key number is being a little less key these days because of the kicking game. But I expected to really like Carolina in this game. And then as I started digging into it, and I, I did a lot of digging this week on, okay, let's forget the whole big picture of the whole season. What are teams doing lately? And I did a lot, a lot of looking at what's the last three weeks? What are the last four weeks? Now I know Atlanta's schedule has been charm and soft the last four weeks. We talked about it New York, New York, Miami, Washington, not a lot of strength in there. No good quarterbacks, no good defenses. So it's a grain of salt. But during those four weeks, Atlanta is number two in EPA per play behind only Tampa Bay. They're number one in EPA on passing plays, 0.423 per play. Carolina is dead last in EPA per passing play over those four weeks, negative 0.344. So basically that means every time Atlanta passes once and Carolina passes once, that's three quarters of a point that's shifting toward the Falcons direction in this game. And Matt Ryan actually, you know, we slandered him early. I was, I was in on the Falcons coming into the year and then they just super disappointed those first three weeks. And I got way out and I'm looking now and I'm like, well, Matt Ryan's metrics, completion percentage over expectation is EPA. He's number two in the last four weeks. And again, not good defenses. And these are not accounting for defensive adjustments. So he's not that high, but Darnold is last at everything in quarterbacks right now. So Matt Ryan has always been good at home. And the way to beat Atlanta, like you're saying, is the pass game. I don't trust Darnold can do that. I do trust that Ryan can do that right now. So I actually came away really liking Atlanta in this spot. A little less at minus three. I don't mind the plus nine for Carolina just to stay in the game. But I do feel like Atlanta can can win this game and maybe relatively easily. That's interesting. I can't wait to see this play out. I'm really like I'm, I'm really excited to see it now. Yeah, it's actually a, a kind of a low-key, a big NFC game, too, because both these teams are right on the edge of the wildcard race. And, you know, Minnesota is is likely, I would say, to lose to Dallas. They're the last team in the wildcard right now. The Saints are underdogs. They're another one of the wildcard teams. So the winner of Falcons and Panthers actually could end up being in the playoff race halfway through the season here. Uh, so actually... For my next pick, I'm going back to the upset special, and I am taking a second upset special this week, and I'm going with one of those teams we just mentioned. I'm taking the New Orleans Saints against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I like this matchup for the Saints. We saw it last year. The Saints swept the Bucs last year in the regular season. They won 34-23. to They went to Tampa and won 38-3. to And this defense was really bothering Tom Brady last year. The pass rush was getting home even without sending extra guys. It, it really was not the matchup that Tampa wanted to see. And, you know, maybe a month before the end of the season, I wrote about last year, I wrote up the Bucs as a, as a good value pick for the Super Bowl. And a part of it was that I thought that they were going to get in a good position in the bracket. They ended up having to play New Orleans in the playoffs. And I was like, oh, no, this is the team that has matched up so well against them all year. The Saints have won 15 of the last 20 against Tampa. But Drew Brees uh, retired before the game instead of after and had <laughs> nothing to give in that one. And so I feel like that Tampa got away with it. They did get the win. So it wasn't a full sweep. But I still think that the, the Saints defense has been very good. They're number three in DVOA. They haven't taken a step back from last year. They've really hung tough, even with losing a few guys. I think they can hang in against the Bucs offense, even as good as Brady and the attack has been. This is another spot where the Saints have a big special teams advantage. I love noticing that because that's a spot where one or two key plays that feel random when you're not watching for it can really swing a field position or the game. Jameis Winston, last week I bet against him because he was a favorite you know, in a big primetime spot as an underdog is a different story. When he's an underdog of more than a field goal, Jameis is 18 and 10 against the spread, 64% lifetime. So Tampa secondary, we know they're banged up. They're missing maybe their top four corners in this game, depending on how things comes out, come out. Drew Brees couldn't hurt this team. I don't know if I would love them if Brees was playing this game. Jameis has the arm to hurt this team. And it's, you know, it's his old team. They're going to be ready for him, but he's going to be amped up for them. I think he's got that big arm to throw over the top and hurt the cornerbacks, put up some points. So the other thing too, the Bucs have been far worse on the road this year. They got crushed in Los Angeles by the Rams. They barely won in New England and in Philadelphia. Tampa has been way better at home. New Orleans is traditionally way better at home. We don't really know this year because they literally have had one home game so far because of you know the early snafu in the season when they had to move their home games with the weather and all that. So I just I like Jameis at home. I like the Saints at home. I don't like the Bucks on the road and I don't like the Bucks in this matchup. So plus 210, I like that number here. I think the Saints have easily a better. That's like an implied 31% chance to get the win. I think that the Saints are higher than that. I like the Saints plus five and a half a little better just because if the game is close, at the end of the day, I have to bet on Jameis against Brady in a close game. And I don't love that spot, I have to admit. But I do think the Saints can win this year. And uh, late afternoon, we got the Patriots game and the Saints game. And I think that we could get one, maybe both of those teams in upset specials. I, I probably actually parlay it and go for go for a big win, too. What do you think about the Saints here? I think that, I think this game is really interesting. I think one the one thing you neglected to mention is that the Saints had – the, the, the Buccaneers were on the ropes, even with Drew Brees in that game. They were up 20 to 13 and were driving in Tampa Bay territory. And Drew Brees throws the pass to, to Jared Cook to get them in Tampa Bay territory. And they're about to score and, and almost put it away in the third quarter. And Antoine, Antoine um, Winfield Jr., he hits Jared Cook. He, he fumbles. Devin White takes it, picks it up. And the, the Buccaneers eventually go down and score a tie the game and they never really look back. 
So it's just like the Saints actually dominated that game. And you look at the stats in that game, and it's, it, it's, it's, it's pretty clear that Brady really struggles against his defense. He was 10 for 20, 119 yards, 6.1 yards per play, and just a 35% success rate against this defense. So this defense really has their number because they're, pre- they're preventing passes to, to the middle of the field. And one thing you want to look at when it comes to the Saints is that they really got some reinforcements. They got the return of Quan Alexander last week. Marcus Davenport came back. Davenport has been huge. He's at eight pressures on 39 um, pass rush snaps this season. So I think that's huge for this team. And, I mean, a lot of it is going to come down to Jameis Winston. Obviously, he's turnover prone. But when I look at this Buccaneers defense, this is not the same defense that we saw last year. Levante David is is still out. He's, He's questionable. His, his backup's really been struggling. So I think the, the Saints can really keep this game close. And we all know that the Buccaneers secondary is struggling because everybody's missing. I mean, I mean they got Antoine Winfield Jr. back, but Carlton Davis is still out. If Jameis doesn't make significant mistakes, they probably win this game outright, and they cover at minute. So I agree with you. All right. I like it. So I will say, I think if I can't remember the standings, but I believe if the saints win this game, I think that that puts them into a tie with Tampa in the division and then probably with a tie break. So that would, that would usually lead me to want to bet the saints division odds here, just because it's halfway through the season and they're technically leading. I don't know that I'm ready to go there quite yet. I think it's just more of a one game matchup here. Tampa schedule is so soft. The team is good. The defense will get a little healthier. So I want to focus on just on this game, not on uh, the division odds here. But, you know, it could be it could be worth a sprinkle if you really like the Saints team here. All right, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor and then wrap up with a few picks here. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right. Last up is our favorite segment that we've been doing, the look ahead. Hot rock. Blue 17. Oh, nice right. Ice cream. Jose. Blue the Raiders. 19 
So as you guys know, on Monday, Raheem and I do the hot read. That's the games for the coming Sunday. We've been getting some really nice value on our picks there. Once we get to Friday and everyone is already focused on these games for the weekend, we are already looking ahead to the next week. Try to grab some early value there that may not be around by Sunday night. And we've been catching some big value on those picks as well. So Raheem, who do you like for your week nine look ahead pick? I'm going with the Houston Texas plus seven. This line's way too high, even if Davis Mills starts. And I honestly don't think he's going to start because I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be back by then. So that line should really drop. But who does who the Dolphins be laying seven to anybody? This team can't stop a nosebleed. They're 28th in EPA per play on defense. They're 23rd in success rate. This team can't stop anybody. They're bleeding points. They're, they're giving up a 51% success rate in the passing game. Tyrod Taylor or Davis, Davis Mills are going to be a carve this defense up and keep this game close. We all know Tua is not that great of a quarterback. I, I think Brian Flores is, is – he had a great season last year, but, I mean, a lot of it had to do with this team forcing turnovers at a record rate. So, next week I like the Houston Texas plus seven. Yeah, I like that. I think I may have to wait and just make sure Tyrod is in the lineup just because it, to me, is such a huge difference between him and Davis Mills. But it seems like he's getting close to playing. And this week already, you know, he could even have a chance still. And so if he's getting close enough that he might play now, then you have to like his chances a week from now. And that means you maybe you want to grab the line because as soon as he comes out, the books aren't dumb. That line is going to move away you know, towards uh, Houston if Tyrod is back in the lineup. So you may want to take the risk if you think he'll play and get grab that one now. Uh, I am going with New England on the road in Carolina. The Patriots are minus one and a half right now. And this pick should not come as a surprise based on the last few minutes of what we said. I think the Patriots are going to beat the Chargers this weekend. I also think the Panthers are going to lose to the Falcons. So if those two things happen, even if one of those two happens, uh, at one and a half, this is basically as a toss-up. I think that this line could very easily by Sunday night get to a field goal or higher. And I just I like New England against these average or bad teams. That that's where Belichick has made his living is just taking care of these opponents like that. We know Belichick is awesome against rookie quarterbacks. Sam Darnold is playing like a rookie, and Belichick has had a lot of time up, up against Samuel Darnold over the years. So I have to like Belichick and the defense in that spot. I think this line will get to a field goal or higher before we get a chance to play it again. I like that. I definitely like that. And I mean, I think if you're right about the Falcons, this line will definitely go up. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's hit one more pick before we get you out of here for the weekend with one for the road. One for the road. Raheem, who do you got? I gave you the reasons earlier, but I like to watch the football team. I think the Washington football team is the better team here. As long as they, they they do things in the red zone, they should be fine. I gave it out last last Friday, I think at plus four and a half. I still like it. I still like the Dallas Cowboys, too. You guys know the reasons. I gave it out on a hot read. As long as it's not two and a half, you should be fine. If you can get one and a half with the Cowboys, too, you're, you're good. Yeah, I like that. And I, I'm going to do one that we talked about on Sunday as well. I'm going to grab a future this week. I'm taking some Jamar Chase Rookie of the Year stock. We talked about that on Sunday, and the line has actually moved against him. He is plus odds right now to win rookie of the year, plus 105 at BetMGM. I've seen him plus 110 at some books. Jamar Chase is killing it right now. He's 754 receiving yards, which is second in the entire NFL. 
Like he has a chance to just be the receiver of the year, not just the rookie of the year. He's got the most yards ever for any player through seven games or eight games, even if he doesn't get anything the next game. So we talk about comparing him to Randy Moss. Randy Moss had 1,313 yards, his his awesome, awesome rookie year. 17 touchdowns obviously was the big highlight. Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, that one, one of my favorite games of my life when he scored three touchdowns on them. Moss had four games of 100 yards that rookie season. Jamar Chase has three already of 100 yards. He has a 200-yard game. He actually is on pace for 1,831 yards. He would pass Moss's total with four games left to go, basically a month of the season still to go. I just don't know who else is stealing rookie of the year from Chase at this point. He's been so good. And I I try to look, you know, Najee Harris has been nice in fantasy football because he's getting a lot of touches, but he's not efficient. He's 3.8 yards per carry. That doesn't excite me. Kyle Pitts we talked about. He's coming on, but he's got a lot of ground to close, and Chase is just going to get more chances as a receiver. Mac Jones, you know, maybe if the Patriots go on a run and make the playoffs, I'm not putting that out of reach for them. But Rookie of the Year is not an award that we give to – we don't treat this like MVP. We just want numbers. We just want the guy that puts up the numbers. So – I saw it next gen stats. Jamar Chase, his ex- expected receiving yards right now is a little bit under 400. He actually has less expected receiving yards than Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley has 281 yards for the season. Chase has 754. Like Chase has the same expected yards about as as TJ Hawkinson and Hunter Renfro and he's second in the league in receiving. He's just obliterating cornerbacks and he's showing great chemistry with Burrow, too. Like, I think this actually is partly a Joe Burrow award because Burrow's been so accurate and getting it to him in such good space. So I just I love Chase. I can't believe that this is plus money right now. I absolutely would take Chase against the field. So that's basically what odds we're getting here. I have to grab some. That makes sense. I, I mean, I like it. I mean, like, he's having a historical season. He's probably going to have one of the best um, rookie seasons since Randy Moss. And that's even better than what Justin Jefferson did last year. So I I can't argue with this at all. Love to talk about Jamar Chase when it lets me talk about Justin Jefferson and Randy Moss too. Always a good day for a Vikings fan when we get to remember some of these guys. All right, that is going to wrap it up today at the Action Network podcast. Make sure to download the Action Network app and rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Check out Stucky and Raybon's full preview and the betting six-pack if you haven't. Raheem and I are back first thing Monday morning to run through all the action from week eight. For Raheem Palmer, I am Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network Podcast. Enjoy your weekend.